0: Alrighty, let's do this. Here's another episode of Nothing Original, as usual. Do not take my word for gospel. When I was six years old, I read a book about the primeval forest. The book said, "Boa constrictors swallow their prey whole without chewing it. I pondered this deeply and then I made my first drawing. I showed my masterpiece to the grown-ups and asked them whether the drawing frightened them. They answered me, why should anyone be frightened by a hat? grown-ups. They never understand anything by themselves. So I made another drawing. My advice is stick to arithmetics, history and grammar. I took their advice and I grew up. I forgot all about being a child. The Little Prince is a children's cartoon based upon a children's book, one might think. But it is actually a story for adults, disguised as a story for children. One of my favourite stories and a story that gets you thinking about the value of life. For the basis of this episode, I'm going to refer a bit closer to the original source material, the book. The film has a couple of plot lines which were added to the material from the book, but it stays quite true to the source material itself. And instead of leading with three core questions, we're going to follow the little prince on his journey across seven different planets. So let's get started. Asteroid B612, home. On his small home planet, the little prince has to prevent weeds, called baobab, to spread over his entire planet. So he rips them out day by day. But one day a new kind of sprout comes up, so the little prince starts tending to the sprout which turns out to be a beautiful rose. The little prince falls in love with his rose and tends to her needs. However, the rose begins to torment him with her vanity, causing the little prince to experience doubt and finally leave her. Upon leaving her, she exclaims, I have been silly. I ask your forgiveness. Of course I love you. It is my fault that you have not known it all the while. That is of no importance. But you, you have been just as foolish as I. Try to be happy. Well, all of this sounds quite outlandish, a talking rose and a little prince who lives on a foreign planet that is very, very, very tiny. But bear with me and let's start the actual journey. It will all make sense later. Well, hopefully. On asteroid 325, the little prince encounters a king with no subjects, who only issues orders that can be followed, such as commanding the sun to set a sunset. The irony is that the king is not actually holding any power. Everything goes its way, the king does not have an influence on anything that is happening, even if he tells himself that each and every one is obeying his orders. While he is certain that the sun is setting because he ordered the sun to set, the sun is setting irregardless of what the king orders. Essentially, the king revels in being important on basis of his title when in fact he actually is of no importance at all. And that showcases something very important about our society, We are very much focused on the importance of our title instead of being focused on our actual influence. Let's say you start a job and you get the fancy title of Director of Innovation. Well, that sounds great, but what are you actually doing? Are you innovating anything? Are you having a positive influence on others? How do you affect others? What are the products you are working on? What are the relationships you are building? We have to understand that a title is mainly used to explain to others who we are or what we're doing in very simple terms, but we should not conflate that with the influence we actually hold. Anyone can start innovating a product or a service. You don't need the title of director of innovation to do so. You hold the title to explain to others what you're doing in simple terms, and that is why a title can oftentimes lead to a sense of self-importance that has nothing to do with what one is actually doing. On Asteroid 326, the little prince meets a narcissistic man who only wants the praise which comes from admiration in being the most admirable person on his otherwise uninhabited planet. The narcissist is essentially stuck in his own little bubble on his own little planet. His worldview is confined to himself only. Similar to the king, he perceives himself to be of more importance than he actually is, trying to calm his insecurities by seeking validation from others. The thing is that the thirst for validation won't satisfy the insecurities from within. The thirst for validation is connected to expecting others to act a certain way around you and being irritated if they don't. So if someone expects another person to hold them in high regard, to validate them, to admire them, to reaffirm their decisions without talking back to them, to nod along with everything they say... They are going to doubt themselves even more if the other person does not fulfill their expectations, which will lead to them lashing out in order to direct the feeling of insecurity away from themselves and towards the other person. A narcissistic man will never admit that he is at fault. The blame is to place on the other or on external factors. His truth is the only truth that is valid. His truth is the only truth that he can see. A narcissistic man is wearing blinders, only able to see the pathway in front of him without looking right or left at any step of the way. On asteroid 327, the little prince meets a drunkard who drinks to forget the shame of drinking. The drunkard is ashamed of drinking, and in order to forget that he is ashamed of drinking, he resorts to, well, drinking. It's a catch 22. If the drunkard would simply stop drinking, he would not need to feel ashamed for drinking and he would not need to continue drinking in order to forget his shame. We sometimes continue with bad habits because we want to avoid facing the facts. I mean, why face the facts when one can simply continue binge-watching a show to forget the misery of life? Facing the fact means coming to terms with feelings like shame and failure and frustration And accepting them as a part of yourself in order to move on. Avoiding confronting these feelings altogether by covering them up with something else is nothing but a quick fix which just further entraps one in the vicious cycle of misery. It is like being stuck in a time loop without being able to move on in life and experience the beauty of a range of different feelings. On Asteroid 328, the little prince meets a businessman who is blind to the beauty of the stars and instead endlessly counts and catalogues them in order to own them all. (laughs) Well, capitalism, hello. And capitalism leads us to materialism. We live in a society where it is encouraged to possess as much as you can. I mean, the more you own, the more fulfilled you're going to be, right? The more you own, the higher your status is going to be. The irony here is that the businessman does not actually own the stars. He simply counts them and administers them and tells the little prince how difficult this business is to explain. When the little prince asks the businessman what he does with the stars, he replies, nothing. So the businessman has no interest in adding any value to the stars, in tending to the stars, in, well, doing anything with them. He just owns them because a piece of paper says so. He's entirely focused on ownership, not even recognizing the stars for what they are, calling them millions of little objects. Essentially, we can get so focused on ownership, on making money in order to buy things that we don't really need, that we forget to actually live our life. Because it never ends. In a capitalistic society that strives on materialism, you will always be able to buy something that you did not own already. And we gotta ask ourselves well, what are we actually doing with the things that we own? Do we add value to them? Do we need them for a specific purpose? And if so, do we actually use them for that specific purpose? Or do we let them wither away in our cupboards? What do we do with those things that we own? Is what we are owning adding to our experience on this planet, or is it simply another item in our basket of things we need that we don't need, but we need because we're stuck in a cycle of making money in order to buy things to feel better about ourselves? Because let's face the fact, working five days a week to make money in order to pay your bills leaves you with a limited time to actually enjoy life outside of your employment duties. So buying things in order to fill that void is going to be our first instinct before you realize that we're just owning stuff, but that we're not actually having any attachment to it. On asteroid 329, the little prince meets a lamplighter on a planet so small a full day lasts a minute. He wastes his life blindly following orders to extinguish and relight the lamppost every 30 seconds to correspond with his planet's day and night. While the little prince acknowledges that out of all the planets he visited so far, the lamplighter is the only one he could befriend, the lamplighter is still a somewhat odd figure. Yes, he works hard and does something useful, but it seems like he's merely a puppet. When the little prince asks him in regard to his duties, I do not understand. The lamplighter responds, there is nothing to understand, orders are orders. This showcases that we oftentimes don't even question why we're doing what we're doing. We're doing it because somebody else told us to. We're doing it because that's what we're supposed to do. And we follow along, not asking any questions. This form of obedience is usually already taught in school, where pupils have to conform to a set of norms and rules, and yes, While norms and rules are necessary for our society to operate, the problem arises when we're discouraged at a young age already to ask questions. We're encouraged to just follow the rules because I said so or because that's how it is done. The mentality of not asking any questions can lead to making choices for your life without realizing that those choices are not actually corresponding with what you want to do. Knowing what you want to do will help you to make better decisions for yourself and also for others. Only because you do something that is in alignment with what is right for you, that doesn't mean it is not going to add value to others. Separating your voice from the voice of others is important in order to figure out where you stand in relations to others. And questioning your understanding of why you do what you do is the first step to making that distinction. On Asteroid 330, the little prince encounters an elderly geographer who has never been anywhere or seen any of the things he records. The geographer thinks he is so worldly when he has not seen anything of the world at all, when he simply notes down the information that the explorers present him with. He lives through the stories of others. Similar to the king and The Narcissistic Man, he believes himself to be important, He derives his value from believing he is an intellectual man. The thing is that while he knows lots of convoluted words, he doesn't know anything about the world, and he's also not interested in knowing anything about the world. And yes, while he is able to teach the little prince something about his rose, that it is ephemeral, meaning it is going to die, he does not know anything about the joy of seeing a sunset, or falling in love, or making new friends. Especially in today's world, we are glued to our screens. We absorb tons of information every day like a sponge. Every platform is trying to gain our attention. People showcasing their lives online, fueling our desire to live the same life. Platforms trying to tell us how to build a business or how to buy a house. But all we do is stare at the screen, missing out on shaping our own personal experiences in the world. On Earth. The little prince meets multiple individuals, a railway switchman who told him how passengers constantly rushed from one place to another aboard trains, never satisfied with where they were and not knowing what they were after. Only the children among them ever bothered to look out of the windows. Well this encounter is just another reminder of our inability to use our time carefully, to actually perceive our time as valuable in the moment itself. We are dissatisfied because we attach our happiness to something that we do not have, or we attach it to something that we lost, therefore living either in the future or in the past, not realising that the journey itself is where the true enjoyment and fulfilment comes from. Because the irony is that the train of life is finite. Why should we try and rush to move to the next cabin when we are going to get there eventually anyway, Because the only reason for us to look back at the cabin that we came from is that we regret not having made the best of that experience while we had it. A merchant who talked to the prince about his product, a pill that eliminated the need to drink for a week, saving people 53 minutes. Well, another one which ties neatly into the train allegory. We are so focused on being efficient, we are focused on finding shortcuts and saving time to be even more efficient. But what is being efficient? Okay, let's replace efficiency with another word. We are focused on being busy while we believe that what we are doing is enhancing our efficiency. But the only thing we end up doing is being busy for the sake of being busy while we are missing out on experiencing the world around us with all senses because we do not allow ourselves to slow down. A fox who teaches the little prince the most important lesson. After the prince stumbles over a whole row of rose bushes, he feels devastated, realizing that his rose is not unique at all. He then encounters the fox, who desires to be tamed by the little prince. The fox explains to the little prince that if the little prince tamed him, their bond will grow stronger, but it will also lead to sadness if they part ways. He explains to the little prince that it is the time he invests into someone that will determine how unique and special they are to him, saying, It is the time you have wasted for your rose that makes your rose so important. You become responsible for what you've tamed. You're responsible for your rose. The little prince realizes that his rose was indeed unique and special because he loved his rose. The little prince realizes that the amount of time he invested in his rose is what makes his rose so different from all the other roses. What this encounter tells us is that yes indeed, the world is populated with millions and billions of humans, but what makes another individual important to us is the time we choose to invest into them and the time they choose to invest into us. Nurturing those relationships is much more valuable than moving from person to person as if they are interchangeable. The thing is that we sometimes don't know how to love someone, and we sometimes also don't understand how someone else loves us. The little prince not only realized that his rose is special indeed, but also that he did not understand how to love his rose. The little prince not only realized that his rose is special indeed, but also that he did not understand how to love his rose while he was with her. Essentially, both the rose and the little prince had to learn from each other. While the rose took the little prince for granted until he left, the little prince had to leave the rose in order to realise where the value in his life comes from. Making the right decisions for oneself in life, building and maintaining relationships, none of it is easy. But like the fox said upon departing with the little prince, it is only with the heart that one can see rightly, what is essential is invisible to the eye. While the fox taught the little prince that only when turning inward one can determine the value of what one is confronted with, the individuals inhabiting the six planets taught the little prince that narrow-mindedness leads to irrational behavior as one is not able to see beyond what is visible to oneself. So yeah, that's the end of this podcast episode based upon The Little Prince by um, Antoine de saint exupery which I probably did not pronounce correctly, but yeah, let's just roll with it and uh, until next time, sayonara and auf Wiedersehen and um, yeah, the end.